with Jerry Lawrence. My shoulder took a lot of tears, would have swore it was a fountain on. Fragrance on your skirt, ho. Pump, bitch. Rest in peace to love I gave up a long time ago. Long time ago. I gotta let this ride out. Hard times, everybody love. I'm the one you counted on. I'm the one you counted on. My shoulder took a lot of tears. Would've swore it was a fountain, though. Shit, I be crying on the inside and smiling when the camera's on. Let's see that second verse. I had your back, you put a knife in mine. Now I'm scarred. If you was finna lose your life, I would've gave you mine. Can't believe what we came to. 21. You won't believe what the fame do. We ain't together, any problems I still came through. Heard he put his hands on you, that's what lames do. Pussy. Got my first taste of love and I thank you. Thank you. Savage, never let another woman taint you. 21. Follow victim to my feelings, some I can't do. Never. Get revenge on every bitch, even if it ain't you. Oh God. Rest in peace to love I gave up a long time ago. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. That was 21 Savage. R.I.P. Love. Very fitting song, especially where I'm at in my love life right now. So I had to start it out with that one. These last couple weeks, I've, I've just been playing a couple songs that I've really been into to start the show. Uh, the Dead Prez one last week was one I've been wanting to play for a while. R.I.P. Love. There's another one I've been wanting to play for a while, and I've just been waiting for the right moments to get these songs off. So today felt like a good day to do it. I am well rested. I feel refreshed. I know I've said that many times in the past, but I mean it this time. Like last week, I don't know. It was something about last week's episode, but it just felt good to me. I didn't even listen back to it, but I did not edit a single thing on that episode, which is that I would you'd have to go back to probably the first few episodes of keeping it real with Jared Lawrence when I did the restart last year and I didn't really edit in the beginning and then some for some reason I just got very editing crazy and then I'm a perfectionist so I don't know I I started probably doing a little bit too much over analyzing um too much over producing and it was taking a toll on me just because I was spending so much time like editing these episodes, making them, trying to make them sound perfect. And the funny thing is like the things that I would take out is probably things most people wouldn't even notice. I would say, I would say maybe 
10% of people might notice small little mistakes I make or sounds that I don't like. So I don't know. I, when I, when I watch other podcasts, I just realize I'm like, yo, I'm doing all of this. And it's like, you'll make a little mistake, but it's not like somebody's going to remember it at the end of the show. Like, Oh my God, the 10 minute mark, he burped or something like that. So I was like, you know what? Let me just go back to simplicity. Let me try to like get this thing back in the right direction, take a little bit of strain off of myself so I can be more um, reliable in recording. Cause I think that was what was getting to me too, where it's like, yo, I'm spending so much time with the podcast. I don't have a lot of free time, especially on my days off. So it was just important to me to try to get back to basics, but just like really tell myself I'm not perfect. I don't have to be perfect. And I think that's the biggest thing when, when I do these, it's like, I, I got to be okay to make mistakes. I got to be okay with myself and not afraid to make mistakes and just power through the mistakes. Cause I think when you start trying to work on little mistakes you make, that's it's, it's a never ending journey. It's kind of like when people get plastic surgery, like you might be like, Oh, I want my nose a little straighter or thinner. So you get the nose done and then you're not happy after that. You're like, look in the mirror like, Oh, well my lips could be thicker. So then you, you go get surgery on that and then my butt can be bigger. So you're just never going to be happy once you start like tinkering with things. And I think it's the same with podcasts. Like once I start editing and really like trying to make it perfect, I spend so much time and then I'm still like, I don't feel like it's all the way done. Like, so I just, I'm trying to be better in 2021 with just being okay with not being perfect and making mistakes and trying to get back to the free flowing of everything instead of overproducing and trying to be a perfectionist. And last week was like one of the first episodes in a long time where I did that, where I just, I came in here and I recorded and it was about an hour and 45 minutes. And after that, I pretty much just uploaded the podcast and that was it. And it didn't take too much out of my time, out of my week. I felt like it was just very efficient. So I'm trying to get back to that and just, find time for things. Cause like I said, you know, I work five days a week, eight hours a day, but then, you know, you're commuting. That's another two hours each, uh, one way, no, each way. I'm sorry. Two hours each way. So, you know, I got to find some free time. And I think over the last few weeks, what happened was on my days off, I just wanted time to myself to like rest and recharge. And I, I, I did, I think I did a good job in that, but I also, you know, I was getting into the stocks and everything. And I'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. I'll give you guys some more tips, some more things I've learned, but it just gave me some time to myself that was much needed. Like I said, we all are going through things this year. So take some time to yourself. You don't, you don't have to feel like you have to, I guess, be there all the time or don't feel like you are obligated to do anything that you don't want to do. I mean, I love doing the podcast and I know there are people who enjoy listening to it, but sometimes I need time to myself and I'm not afraid to take that time to myself. And that's kind of like why I don't promote the podcast kind of why I like it under the radar. Cause I don't want the expectations of, well, we expect you to do this every week or we expect video or all that stuff. Like, and that's, I don't know if I'll ever do the video thing. Like I I've been thinking about that too. Like YouTube. I know Mike, Mike's been telling me to get on YouTube and I've been thinking about it and I don't really just want to put audio on YouTube. I don't know. It just doesn't to me. 
I, if I ever go on YouTube, it's going to be in a video format. So I think I'm holding off on the YouTube. I'll probably try to put some clips up at some point, get back to my editing. Cause like the old podcast, I had like some pretty funny clips on there. So I'll try to find like some funny stuff I've said on this, this iteration of the podcast and maybe in some of my free time, make some more new clips and put them up because there's so much stuff I could probably put up there. And then that can direct people to the podcast. So I think that's a, a happy medium. Some clips, not like a full episode of audio, but some clips with some pictures. And uh, yeah, do it that way. Because I heard YouTube's like pretty strict too on like content. Like if you're cursing or certain words you say, like you can't even monetize it. So it's like, eh, what's the point? Like you're not going to make money off of it. But I, I mean, for the look, yeah, I can put it up there for the look and for the views. But like I said, I don't really... For me, I don't know. I'm just comfortable kind of in my own world. And I don't really care about having a lot of people listen to the podcast. It, it's cool if it happens, but it's not something I'm in search of just because I, the way I am, I don't like the high expectations. I kind of like to just live my life at a pace. I want to live it. And then I feel like when you allow a lot of people in, you get a lot of opinions on what you should be doing. And I don't want to deal with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. I have some topics to discuss today. Um, I was uh, I was off from work yesterday. Yesterday was Wednesday, so today's Thursday. So I was off from work, and I, I came up on some topics just from watching TV and hearing other people talk about some things. And I was like, I want to delve a little bit more into some of this stuff. So I wrote down stuff yesterday. But I want everybody to know, like, I write topics down all week. Like, when things come to me, I just write them down and then, even if I don't do the podcast, I still have topics. Like I have topics from weeks ago that at some point I still want to get to, but I just, I don't know. I take, it takes some time to get to the everything, but I wrote down mad topics yesterday and I'm going to do a deep dive on Megan the stallion and some things that she said, but I just want you guys to know, like, even if you don't hear me on here, I am always like writing topics that I'm always preparing. I always have stuff to talk about. Uh, so yeah, spent uh, my day off watching TV, relaxing, and it's a quick turnaround because I'm working tonight, overnight, because uh, this woman at my job asked me to switch shifts with her, which, I don't know, they always ask me to work these overnight shifts, and it's not my favorite shift just because it's, you know, it's, you got to be up till 6 a.m., so it's a little rough, but I'm going to get Sunday off, so I was like, all right, I'll take it, but man, let me tell you, I had like four hours of sleep last night, so... What I did was I woke up at 10 a.m. because I'm like, all right, I got to I got to stagger this. So I was going to go play basketball today after I did this podcast. But my legs are so sore. I walked like two or three miles yesterday with my headphones on, just listening to music and thinking. I like to do that, too, on my days off. So I am so sore. I was like, all right, no basketball today. Let's rest the legs. Um, going to podcast. And then I'll probably watch TV and eat for like two hours. And I'm going to try to take a three or four hour nap around like four o'clock, maybe five o'clock, wake up at eight o'clock, get ready for work, leave here around nine, get there at 10, work till six. And then tomorrow I got, oh, tomorrow's going to be really rough. Like as, as Parrish would say, extra rough. Like I get off at 6 a.m. tomorrow and then I have to go to my mom's house. I'm going to go there and sleep because it saves me like 30 minutes on driving all the way back to my house. So I'll go to her house. I'll sleep till about 12. I might be able to push it to 1230. Then I have to wake up and leave her house by 1 30 
Probably one twenty five. That's usually when I like to to get to work by um, two p.m. So it's a quick turnaround. That's why the overnight. If I work overnight normally, I like to work it going into my day off. But uh, shout out to my coworker who asked me to fill in for her tonight. I was like, you know what? Off the strength, you're a cool person. I'll do it. But the turnaround sucks. So what I did was I was like, yesterday I thought about doing the podcast. I was like, nah, I'm gonna wait until today because I'm like, if I do it when I wake up, I'll I, like these podcasts. For some reason, after I talk for so long, I'm like very uh awake so i was like i'll do it in the morning to wake myself up then i can watch tv i can eat i can like relax for a little bit and then i'll take my nap then i'll wake up for work so i thought if i did it last night i was gonna stay up super late but i ended up staying up till like 5 6 a.m anyway so i'm like damn i should just did this podcast last night sometimes i gamble and then it doesn't it doesn't pay off so that's pretty much uh what you can expect for my work day or work week but like I said, I want to talk about Megan the Stallion because yesterday I got kind of motivated when I was watching. Um, shout out to Beehive. Beehive is this guy I watch. He's a Atlanta radio personality, and he interviews like a lot of rappers and former rappers and stuff, and people in the in the hip hop industry. And it's really entertaining. I like him. I like Larry Reed. Um. I still watch Wendy Williams from time to time, but uh, Breakfast Club interviews. Like, I, I love a lot of interviews. I've been slacking on the Joe Budden podcast. I will come back on a future episode and talk about all the drama that's been going on there. Uh, Rory and Maul just dropped their new podcast uh, episode. I guess it's called New Rory and Maul. So once I watch that, I will come back with, like, another analysis of everything because I've, I've kept up with all the beef and – I want to break everything down with that, but I want to make sure I'm prepared. So I will watch Rory and Maul's episode first, try to catch up a little bit on the Joe Budden stuff, and then we'll talk about that. But I was watching Beehive yesterday, and uh, it was Beehive and Wicked. Wicked's from uh, Ghetto Mafia. Shout out to Ghetto Mafia, a hip-hop group from the 90s in Atlanta. Had a classic song called Straight From The Deck. I'm going to play that as an intro one day. I have that on my list to play as an intro song. It's a really cool song. I love old school hip hop, so I liked it. But Wicked said some interesting things on there. And then, you know, they were talking about Megan Thee Stallion because Megan Thee Stallion has a new um, song and video called Thought Shit. And I guess the premise of this this song and video is her kind of going at the conservatives who are always telling her, telling people, like, don't talk about sexuality and all that. And. She's basically just giving them like a middle finger, like, F you, we're going to keep talking about this stuff. I don't care what you guys say. And I have some thoughts on it. I probably should play. I think I'm going to play a little bit of this song and then I'll, I'll come back and I'll talk about it. So yeah, let me pull it up on YouTube. If you've never seen the video, go watch the video though for Megan the Stallion thought shit. It's very racy. So don't, don't watch it around your kids. But just for your own, you know, when some of y'all, some of y'all got significant others, uh, uh, my guy friends out there, don't don't watch this uh, in front of your wives because you might get in trouble. Um, don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I will play some of the audio just so you guys can kind of get an idea of what she's talking about. Let's see, I'm gonna try to play this on YouTube. Oh, here we go. So let's play the audio. This is um, this is called Thought Shit. So this is uh, Megan Thee Stallion. Don't hit me with a commercial, YouTube. You know oh, my God. They always hit you with a commercial. I had the song ready. So, all right. Skip the ad. 
Which I heard when you skip the ad, they don't get paid all the way, but whatever. And if the beat live, you know Lil Juke made it. Hands on my knees, shaking ass on my thigh shit. Post me a pic, finna make me a profit. When a lick a hit, then a bitch get toxic. Why the fuck you in the club when it is wild? I've been lit since brunch, that shit. Order 42 for the table, let's pop shit. Missionary or a doggy style on my top shit. Pussy ass niggas hey, know me from the closet. Always trying to call me a snake, shit. I guess I can relate, cause a bitch spit a whole lot of venom. And since these hoes are rats, when they come around me, all I see is a whole lot of dinner. Very, very heavy on the language. She's saying shaking ass on my thought shit, not thigh shit. The lyrics don't sound They don't sound super bad But I think when you watch it When you watch the video with the lyrics It's, it's, a, it's a bit much It's a bit much uh, I guess that's just the era we're in now Where it's very sexualized in the music And I have like so many different opinions on things and I want to, this is going to, this might take a while. Cause I have like, just off of this one topic, I have like maybe 10, five to 10 subtopics. So we're going to do a little dive into it. We're going to talk about it all. But basically what Megan said after the video dropped, which let me just, let me reemphasize. I don't like the song. Like, I don't think it's a good song. I like the message though. I like the message. You know, I'm all about sexual freedom. I'm all about people being able to express themselves sexually if you're not harming anybody. So I do agree with the message. I just don't think it's a good song. Like musically, it just doesn't sound good to me. But Megan said that she wants to reclaim the words ho and thought. And she wants to take ownership of words that have been long deemed harmful and derogatory towards women. She said, I'm really just talking shit and taking ownership of the words thought and hoe because they're not the drag the men think it is when trying to come at women for doing them. So basically what she's saying right there is like guys sleep around. It's the old adage. Guys sleep around with as many women as they want. Nobody says a thing. Women do the same thing. They're called hoes. They're called thoughts. So she's basically saying, look, if y'all are going to call us these words, I'm going to turn them into a positive kind of what Amber Rose tried to do with the slut walk. And you know, in history, the N word, how we've taken the N word and reclaimed it. And now it's kind of a cool word. So Megan is trying to make ho and thought like a, um, something similar in that vein where it's still a word you can use and not feel like you're being degraded. I think it's an uphill battle. I think it's going to be tough to change those two words. I think women have been trying to change that, especially the word ho. Thought has only been out for like maybe seven, five to seven years, but the word ho, bro, women have been trying to make ho a positive word for at least 20, 25, maybe 30 years. Like since the nineties, I feel like they've been trying to reclaim the word ho and you see, we're still not there. Now I, I like what she's saying. I agree. Like, look, I think Megan, like, I think you should be able to, if, if people are going to try to degrade you and call you a hoe and a thought, I don't think it should be a word that makes you feel bad. 
So I do see where she's coming from with trying to reclaim it. I just think she's going to have a hard time turning that word into a positive because it's been, they've been trying to do it for years. And for some reason it just doesn't stick. Like even when women call men hoes, like it doesn't really sting like that with us. We kind of laugh it off. So maybe that's what it should be. Like the way we react when girls or women, I'm sorry, when women call us hoes, the way we react and just kind of brush it off. Maybe that's the, what women need to do when they're talk to like that. Like when dudes call them hoes and thoughts, maybe just brush it off, just laugh it off. But I know it hurts. It kind of hurts coming from a man. And I don't know. It's, it's this is, this is going to be a tough one to break down, but I, I get what the point is. I just don't, I don't know if they can really turn it around, man. That's the problem. But I do think like sexual freedom is something that everybody should have. I don't think that they should feel bad. So yeah, if you can get to a point where that word doesn't bother you more power to you, but I don't think you're ever going to get men to stop saying it. Now me personally, it's just not a word I call women. I don't call them any of those words. I, you know, I'm only saying it now just cause I'm explaining everything, but I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get to a point where men stop treating women like that. I hope we do, but I don't really have a lot of hope for this world. And I also want to say, Megan said, Thought Shit is a song that celebrates women unapologetically enjoying themselves, doing whatever they want, regardless of what critics have to say, which is what I'm saying. Like, she's gotten to a point, I guess, where she doesn't feel like the word is going to bother her. So maybe we need more women like that with confidence, like, hey, we're going to we're going to be ourselves and whatever you think is not going to affect how we live our lives. And it's kind of what I tell some of my friends, like I have friends who complain about like their their size, like they don't feel like they're attractive or they they have issues um, in their mind. I don't feel like it's an issue um, when I look at them, but they feel like they they have issues with their weight and they don't feel like they can be seen out in public by certain guys like they like. And you see that a lot on these dating apps where women are only showing their face. They don't, they hide their body and then you don't really know what they look like until you meet them in person. And I just feel like whatever it is in your life that you do, you got to do it with confidence. So like if you're a bigger woman, you got to be confident in that kind of like how Lizzo is. Lizzo walks around with confidence. Oh, Lizzo's she's had some moments of vulnerability and I actually have that on my topic list. I'll get to it one day. I want to do a little deep dive on that, but I feel like you have to be confident. So like if you like to have sex and you want to be able to sleep with whoever you want and enjoy your life, be confident. Don't be ashamed. Um, And I think that's another thing like where, why do we feel like we have to like explain what we do in the bedroom? Like why does everybody feel like, and um, I'm trying to do these topics in order because I have that on my list too. Actually, yeah, that was the next thing I want to talk about. So, why do we feel like we have to always like brag about our sexual escapades and talk about what we do in the bedroom or who we do it with? And I've, you know, I've heard some rumors of other people, like I'm not going to say names, but there's supposedly a rapper that's dating like a transgender woman and it's in the news a lot and he's getting clowned for it. And I'm like, why does he even feel like you have to come out and say that? Like, if that's what you like, that's what you like. You shouldn't have to come out and say it, you know, you should be able to live your life however you want. If what you do in the bedroom, I feel like is, is between you and that other person. So 
Like, if Megan wants to go back to her, if she wants to sleep with whoever, I don't think she needs to, like, explain that to anybody. So I feel like the reason everybody's so defensive when it comes to, like, who they sleep with is because everybody boasts. Like, she has a song talking about it. So now you got to double down. You got to defend yourself when people come after you. Whereas if she just lived this life without talking about it, nobody would even know. Because, like... To me, everybody lies about who they sleep with. So we don't really know how many people anybody sleep with. There's a lot of speculation like, oh, if somebody says somebody's a hoe, it's because they're speculating on what they think that person's doing. But nobody knows. Like, you don't really know. But I guess what Megan's saying is it shouldn't matter. Like, even if I want to talk about it, I should be able to talk about it and not feel like any wrath or anybody coming at me. So I get it. I get it. But I think I have a solution to all this. I was thinking about this last night because I guess I was up super late. So I'm just coming up with different topics uh, off of this whole Megan thing. And I think what we need to do is we need to get rid of the body count. So for those who don't know, the body count is how many people you slept with. That's called your body count. I don't, it's a hip hop term. It can mean a few things like your body count can mean how many people you slept with or it can mean how many people you killed. So I don't know. Hip hop's a weird thing where we're like, these words have two different meanings, but we're going to go with it in this, in this term, we're going to call body count. Like how many people you sleep with? So I think we need to get rid of the body count. I think that's the biggest thing that's causing uh, division. Cause when you, when you know how many people somebody slept with, it changes like your opinion on them. Not me, but there's a lot of people out there who are like, Oh, I won't date a woman if she slept with a hundred dudes. Like, but if you didn't know she slept with a hundred dudes, you would just date her because you're into her. Like if you liked her for her personality or her looks, whatever you, whatever drew you to her would keep you there. But the fact you know how many people she slept with like turns you off. So to me, that shouldn't matter. Like if she don't have a disease, it should not matter who she slept with, how many people she slept with, right? Because to me, if you're disease free, <laughs> and I just thought about this, or no, I think I've talked about this on other podcasts, but. If you're disease free, which I am, like drop a bomb for me. Actually went to the doctor yesterday for my checkup. And um, they gave me like the little rundown on everything. So she told me I don't have HIV. I don't have AIDS. I don't have, um, what's the other one? Oh, I don't have herpes. I don't have chlamydia, gonorrhea, or any of the other eas. So for me, that's like kind of like getting your Carfax, man. That's the Carfax report. Like I can show that to a woman like, look, I'm clean. All right. So it doesn't matter what I did in the past because nothing affected me. I'm still good. I have no kids and I have no diseases. So that's my whole point about this whole thing with the body count is like, if you don't have any diseases, if you're not bringing something that you're transferring to another person, what you did in your past should not affect how that person views you or if they choose to want to be with you, right? Because if you've slept with 100 people and you walked away from that disease-free, to me, that's a new lease on life, man. Like, you're fresh, bro. That's a fresh start, right? You shouldn't be... Nobody should treat you any different. Because if they don't know who you slept with, like I said, they're going to treat you like that person. So... To me, all the body count does is bring fear and put fear into people's minds. I feel like if we get rid of it, that will probably help um, 
it'll probably help the cause of how we view people. We won't treat anybody differently. And it, it'll just, instead of having to call somebody a hoe and using all these words that people want to use to be derogatory, we won't even have like to, there will be no point for men to even say that to women if you don't know their body count. So for me, fuck the body count. Like, I don't care about the body count, especially now I'm 37. I'm about to be 38 years old, right? So in 38 years, if I meet a woman who's the same age as me, like, what is an, what's the honest expectation for me to think how many men she should have slept with in 38 years? Bro, we're up there. We're getting up there. Like, when you're 50, how many people do you think you should have slept with? So nobody's, I think when you're, when you're getting up here in age and, like, yeah, you've, you're under 10 that you've slept with. Like, that's honorable, I guess. That's nice. You're, you know, you probably grew up in church or something. I don't know. But to me, that's not realistic. Like, 10 people in 38 years is not realistic. So I'm never going to have expect, expectations on somebody's number because the older we get, the more experiences you have. I just feel like you should not hold anybody to a certain standard, right? When it comes to numbers, at least. Now, how they treat you is different, but body count. No, I say fuck the body count. Get rid of it. Matter of fact, I feel like body count, it should be similar to music, right? And it should be similar to how I see music because I think numbers shouldn't matter in music. I feel like in music, it's all about if you like the artist or the music. Actually, not even the artist because there's artists I don't care for, but I like certain songs. So for me, it's about the music and nothing else because the music is what's going to bring the feelings out of you. It's going to determine how you feel. And I feel like it's the same thing when it comes to sex. Like it's not about who they've slept with. It's about that person and how they make you feel and what, you know, how they treat you and how they are as a person. The numbers don't mean anything like that number has no effect on you. Unless, like I said, unless they have a disease, that number has no effect on you. And it's the same with music. Like, in music, I don't care if you sold a million records. Like, if the song is trash, I don't like it. I'm not going to like a song just because you sold a million records. Now, there's dudes who might have sold five records, and the song is fire to me. But I'm all about, do I like the music? So let's start treating body counts like music, all right? It should be about if you like a person, whether you like a person or not. And um, it shouldn't change your mind if they, how many people they slept with. That's just my new theory. I've eliminated the body count like Honestly, let's all be honest with ourselves. Let's ask ourselves. When is the last time you've even asked a person how many people they've slept with? Like when you're dating somebody, when's the last time you even asked that? Like, I know personally, I might have asked like just joking around. Just if somebody asked me, I'll throw the question back at them just to see if they're going to be honest. But when's the last time you even asked? Like, do we even ask that anymore? I don't think the, like in 2020, I don't think we ask body counts anymore. I think that's taboo like and the thing is even if you ask somebody they're gonna lie about the number anyway like what woman is gonna be honest with how many people she slept with really now if there are women listening to this if you're listening to this and you know me text me if if you're that confident and you think you're honest like text me the body count text me how many people you slept with tell me let's see if you're gonna be real honest about it if you don't you know i'm not mad at you but i just don't think First of all, I don't think it matters, but I just don't think people are going to be honest either way. Like, women are always going to take some numbers off. What did J. Cole say? If she tells you she slept with, like, five, you got to multiply it by three or something like that. So I wouldn't put too much emphasis in the numbers anymore. I think we're past that. I think the older you get to, like, when I was 18, 19, and I'm, like, dating a woman, I'm probably asking 
hey, are you a virgin? Like, you know, stuff like that. Because I'm like, oh, man, I want to marry. I'm like, I want to get married and I want to lose my virginity when I get married. Like, I was on that shit, what, 18? But now I'm like 38. I don't care anymore, man. I'm about sexual freedom. I'm about people being able to do what they want. I don't, like, I don't think you should feel guilty for liking sex. I know church and all that stuff teaches us that. And I listen to, the funny thing is I, like, watch a lot of services and I, I listen to church services and pastors and stuff, but when it comes to sex, I don't really, I don't rock with what they say just cause they don't, they don't even live by that. A lot of these pastors are getting caught up. A lot of these pastors are, are cheating on their wives. They're having sex before they get married. So it's like, don't tell me about sex. If you're still doing it, like if you're not living the life, don't tell me how to live the life. Now I will say this. I have come to um, two issues that I think that come with sexual freedom on both sides. So there's one issue with the men and there's one issue with the women. And I think this might be the things that stop us from getting to the point of um, being able to have sex with whoever you want and not feeling any guilt or trying to control a situation. So these issues I've come up with are first on the man side. Uh, men have egos and they want to feel like they're the only guy that the woman is fucking. Right. So that is that's what's holding that's what's holding men back probably from dating someone and like not caring about who, who else they have sex with. Like the thought shit that Megan says, that's what what's holding men back. Cause men, if you have sex with a woman, you want to believe like yeah, you're the only guy that you're the best she ever had. Not me, but just like a lot of dudes out there. They don't want to know that like, it's going to hurt their pride and ego to know that, the girl they're fucking is giving head to somebody else or is getting dicked down by another dude. Like when you think about it, it hurts. Now, the only way I think this doesn't really hurt your ego is at least in my opinion, I feel like your ego should not be hurt. If a woman's fucking another dude, if you don't have like feelings, strong feelings of uh, being like not in love, but liking them. Like if you're just in it for sex, you should not have no ego. No, like I, and my rule is if it's not a relationship, ego, like uh, jealousy, that stuff shouldn't be there. Because if you're not making a commitment to each other emotionally, then you should not like why, what emotion do you feel <laughs> if you can't make an, a, a commitment emotionally? What emotion are you feeling that's fucking your ego? up? That's kind of how I see it. So I think if you're single, you got to just look, got to be OK with her. Kissing you on the same mouth that she's probably giving head to another dude. It's just, that's the game, bro. That's the game. But the thing is, I think when people think about all this stuff and like, oh, she fucked another dude or this or that. Now, I understand if she fucks the dude and, a, and if a guy, if you fuck the girl and then you go straight to the other person's house, like you ain't even shower, you ain't washed up. That to me, yes. That, you should never do that. But a girl, like a woman, I'm sorry. Shout out to all the feminists out there. A woman, if you, like if a woman, if she gives a guy a head one day and then sees you like the next day. Now, she's washed her mouth. She's brushed her teeth. Um, had mouthwash. So more things than that dick have been in that mouth, right? And the mouth is fully cleansed. So it shouldn't matter. That's all I'm saying. It should not matter what she did with somebody else because she's cleaned her, everything up. You know, and she's 
she's gotten right, you know, in the same with a guy. You put your dick in a woman and you have sex. The next woman you have sex with, you've already washed your dick off. You know, you, you, it's clean. It's ready to go. So it should not matter. Like now, like I said, disease. If it's bringing diseases, a different story. But if there's no diseases involved, what they did with the last person should not matter. And guys, you should be strapping up anyway. Women, you should be making sure these men strap up. Like, just take all precautions. The mouth, I mean, look, there's not much you could do unless you do the little flavored condom thing, which I don't, I, I might have tried that once in college. I'm not a fan of it, but um, you can't really protect the mouth. So, like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to kiss a woman on the mouth that she's giving head to another guy. Like, that's just, that's just part of the game. And y'all got to accept it. And I think that's what hurts the man's ego, like knowing, Oh man, I'm not the only one who's gotten to enjoy this stuff. Like we got to get over that because you enjoy it with other people, right? You don't think about that when you stick your dick in another woman, like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm giving this dick to another person. And then this, my, my main girl, then she's not the only one. Like you're not thinking like that. So like I said, I think with men, it's the ego. And then when it comes to women, this is the part I think that uh, prevents women from really enjoying sexual freedom. I think when women um, are messing with a dude or fucking a dude, they treat it like it's a relationship. Not all women. Not all women. Shout out to Kayla because Kayla fights me on this all the time. Kayla, Kayla's damn near in a relationship right now. Will tell me she's still single. So not Kayla. Kayla's telling me she does not treat it like a relationship, but most women that I've encountered right now, I know they'll be on that. You know, I'm only fucking one dude. I'm only messing with one guy. They tell me. I don't know if I believe it, but they they, they swear they only fuck with one dude. Now, I know a few that are, like, straight up with me, and they'll tell me all the escapades, and I'll shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all, okay. I appreciate the honesty. I don't know. It's something about an honest woman that I just, I like the honesty, man, because at least I don't, we know where everything is. Like we know where we stand on everything. So I appreciate that. But a lot of women out here want to want you to believe that they're only fucking one guy. And I just think going into it with that mindset. And I know they'll, they'll bring up the whole disease thing, which, you know, I get it. We already talked about the disease thing. Look, in, in life, you got to take risk. When you have sex, it's a risk. All right. And like I tell these women who swear they only are fucking one dude. You might be only fucking one dude. How many women you think that dude is fucking, right? So you think you're taking all these precautions and being safe because you're only fucking one dude. Meanwhile, this dude is fucking 10 different women and he's still coming back to you. So it don't really, that doesn't really, it, it cancels itself out. Like, the, oh, I'm only messing with one guy. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you guys aren't exclusive. But women in their minds, I think they think it's exclusive. They think, hey, we're only having sex with each other. He's the only one and blah, blah, blah. So they start like, it's, it's like they're treating it like a relationship. And dudes, that's when dudes kind of like feel smothered and they, they, they kind of want to get away from that because they feel like, yo, she's not really letting me do me or, you know, she's treating me like she's my girlfriend. And guys, if they're having sex with you without a commitment, like they're just, the feelings are, there's not, probably not much feeling there. There's ego there, like I said, when they think you're fucking someone else, they're going to be hurt, but emotions, feelings, there's not a lot of that there. So uh, women, I, I think you guys, you ladies, 
Sorry, shout out to the feminists. Green is not a creative color. I think you ladies get yourself in a hole there where you kind of, you kind of just go into it and treat it like a relationship. Uh, you're exclusive with like one dude. You don't branch out. Now, shout out to the, the ones who do branch out and the ones who are honest about their sexuality. I think a lot of women struggle with the sexuality part too, just because of they don't want to be perceived as sleeping with a lot of guys. Like I said, the whole body count thing that goes back to that. So I think that's part of the reason why women will only sleep with like one dude at a time. And it's emotional. I think they get emotionally attached and connected. And that's goes back to treating it like a relationship and men, men just want sex, but women, they treat it like they want, you know, they act like they want more than sex. They want you to, um, they want you to spend the night. They want you to cuddle. They want you to watch lifetime with them. They want you to cook dinner and eat dinner. And like, it's like a whole day of activities. Like that's why I feel like they treat it like a relationship and then men, their egos get in the way. So to me, those are the two problems with sexual freedom and us getting to a point where we're comfortable with, and everybody's comfortable in their sexuality. Now I know a few people, uh, I know a few women who are very comfortable in their sexuality. And those are like my most fun conversations just because it's so real. It's so raw. Um, I'm not going raw, but it's, it's raw. The conversation is raw. It's organic. It's, I just enjoy talking to those people because it's just another level of conversation. Like the ones I respect the ones who say they're not doing that stuff, but the conversations aren't as, as fun. <laughs> they're not as fun. Not as entertaining. So shout out to all my women sexually free. Hey, don't be, don't be afraid to hit me up. You know, text me if you want to talk more about this whole issue. If you want to come on the show, let me know. We could do whatever. I'm down for whatever the conversation I want to have. Now, I did find one problem with all this sexuality stuff. Now, this is the tricky part. This is, this is kind of where it gets a little funny, a little tricky. To me, the tricky part is that at what age do we teach children about sexuality and sexual freedom. Now, I know some of y'all right now are like, whoa, 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 Jared, you're out of control, blah, blah, blah. Now, I say all that to say, the reason I bring that up is because, one, we just had, like, the whole issue in New York a few weeks ago where I guess they were teaching, like, masturbation to, like, eight-year-olds or something wild, maybe six, I don't know, something wild, some low number. And, I, and a lot of people were mad at that, which, you know, I think that's a little wild of a number to go, like, teaching kids about sexuality. And I... I I, to me, I want to protect kids' innocence. I want them to feel like kids and not even know about sex and all that stuff until they're an appropriate age. Now, what's an appropriate age? I don't know what an appropriate age is because nowadays, once you're in middle school, your friends are talking about sex. They're showing you videos. Like, I remember sneaking over to my friends' houses back in the day. Uh, we were in the houses, and there was their, their parents had Playboy magazines under the bed, and you know we were to look at them, and I was probably in like, sixth grade like I was in some some middle school age doing this stuff so I've known about sex at a, since an early age and I would imagine these kids probably know about it even earlier so that's the tricky part about like when do we teach kids about hey this is what sex is um because I guess in New York it was like they were ta- they taught a sex education class and in it it was like a masturbation thing which I still think that's too young but the question I guess you got to ask yourself is do you teach the kids this stuff or do you let them find out on their own? Cause if it, I think it's very dangerous if you let a kid find out on their own without context, without explanation, 
it's risky because they might start experimenting. And the reason I bring up this topic is because how many kids do you think on YouTube have seen the Megan Thee Stallion thought shit video? That's, that's kind of why I'm bringing it up because when Megan talks about sexuality and she talks about wanting, you know, these words to be free or accepted and wanting to be free and all that, you got to realize like the kids are getting this message too. And I don't know if Megan's okay with the kids getting the message. Now I know y'all will say it's up to the parents to police it and make sure their kids don't see this stuff, but we all know shout out to the parents. I have a lot of friends who are parents. I've been around y'all. I've been around with y'all with y'all kids. Y'all don't watch them kids 24-7. I got to keep it real. Y'all let the kids, like, kind of, y'all get, a, get run around and do things. Like, y'all take your eyes off your kids. So I would not even, even be surprised if your kids find their way on the YouTube and discover some stuff or they're around their friends. Maybe you block it on your phone, but their friends see it. So I think it's important for us to ask ourselves like when is an appropriate age to teach these kids about this stuff? Cause if we want to be sexually free, if we want to have this uh, way of thinking, I would, I would assume that when kids grow up into uh, teenagers and adults, are we teaching them the same stuff or like, what do we do? Like I don't have kids. So I don't, I don't know how, how these conversations go. I probably have to ask Kayla. Kayla gave you the real, she gave you the real deal on it. I'll wait till I have her over. We're going to talk about this a little more when I have Kayla, but I think that's the tricky part of the whole sexual freedom thing. Like kids seeing these videos, not just Megan, but like, I know when Janine and Chris were on, we talked about uh little Nas X. Um, she said her daughter's like only four. So of course she's not going to know about that, but the kids I've heard from other friends whose kids don't even like little Nas X anymore because of the demonic video. Although his new song, I forgot the name of it, but he had a, a video after the demon one. And it was actually really good. It's actually really good. I got to give Lil Nas his props on that. The song after the Demon song, I don't remember the name of it, but it was a really, really, uh, it was a good song. It was a good message. That one, I got I to gotta come back and say, you know what? I think he tried to lure everybody in with the uh, demonic stuff. And then he came back with the newer one, which I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the name of it for y'all if y'all want to check it out. It's called... Sun goes down. Sun goes down. Check that song out on um on YouTube. I think that's a really good song and video. Now, I mean, the demonic with the Montero one has two hundred fifty six million views. Sun goes down only has twenty million views. So yeah, it's not getting the same attention as Montero. But I feel like Lil Nas X. I don't feel like he's as devilish as I thought he was in the beginning. I think he's trolling. I think he's trying to get a message across. I still don't really quite understand all the message, but. I do like that Sun Goes Down song. So make sure you check that out. But like I was saying, like my friend's kids, like they don't even like him anymore because they are, I guess, they, they know right from wrong, I guess. They, they've been taught certain things, so now they look at it differently. But not all kids know how to differentiate stuff and look at things like that. So we got we to gotta definitely be careful and what we're exposing these kids to, because a lot of kids, man, they're learning a lot of mature stuff at an early age that they're not ready for. And that worries me. And that's kind of why I'm glad I don't have kids, because I don't want to deal with all this. I don't. Uh, I'll move on from the whole Megan thing. I, I think I spent enough time on that. You know what I want to talk about? I haven't even got to this, but I'm going to spend a few minutes on the Portland Trailblazers uh, coaching search. Terry Stotts 
and the team mutually parted ways uh, a couple weeks ago. As Charles Barkley would say, um, when you're white, it's mutually parting ways. When you're black, it was you were fired. So he mutually parted ways, and now the Blazers are looking for a new coach. Uh, they got knocked out of playoffs a few weeks ago by Denver. So this is a lot going on with them. They're talking about should we trade Damian Lillard or should we break up the team? So I'll, I'll give a little bit of uh, quick opinions on everything. I don't think you trade Lillard. I think Lillard's the cornerstone. Lillard's probably the first superstar ever in Blazers history that wanted to stay in Portland. I actually liked living in Portland and playing in Portland, which if you know history, like all our stars left. Rasheed Wallace left. Brandon Warrior eventually left after he retired. He went to Minnesota. Um, Zach Randolph left. Uh, Clyde Drexler left. LaMarcus Aldridge left. So, you know, our stars generally do not stay in Portland. So the fact that Lillard is like, yo, I want to stay and I want to help build this team. Bill Walton even left back in the 70s. So they don't usually stay. So the fact Lillard loves this team in the city, I think that's huge. I think that's something we – he needs to retire Blazer. I hope this is the only team he ever plays for. And we got to just build the team around Lillard. So my my idea is – and I hate to do this. This is going to pain me because I really – this is my favorite player in the NBA – LaMelo Ball is creeping up there. But right now, C.J. McCollum is my favorite player in the NBA. I have his jersey. Um, I just like everything about his game. Man, this this really hurts. But I, I think you got to break up Dame and C.J. I know. I know. I don't even. This is going to be hard for me to even discuss. But you got to break up Dame and C.J. It's just, it's not, it's not working. Like, we're, what, eight years in? Eight years in with this, and I feel like we've reached our peak with Damon CJ the same way I felt like we reached our peak with Terry Stotts. Honestly, I thought Terry Stotts should have been fired when we got swept by the Pelicans a few years ago because that was embarrassing, but they kept him. They kept him, and we probably should have broke up the team back then, but I wasn't ready. But I think just after watching this past season and how everything's gone, I think we got to break it up. I, I just, and if we don't break it up, this is what we got to do. Like, if we're going to keep CJ, we got to let Norman Powell go. We cannot go into next season with a three-guard lineup starting. We can't have three, six, three guys starting. No, we cannot do that. So the Blazers have to make a decision between Norman Powell and CJ McCollum. Personally, I think Powell will probably fit better next to Lillard just because he's better at attacking the basket. He's a better defender. Not as great of a shooter, not as efficient of a shooter as CJ, but he's still a decent shooter, like above average shooter. Percentages are good. He can score. He's, he's around Lillard's age. He's, what, 28? Lillard's about 31. So they're close in age. CJ's about to be 30, I believe. So this is probably the, the point where we're going to get the most return for CJ. Like, if we keep holding on to him, we're not going to get much. And then Powell is a free agent. Powell's restricted. So Powell can sign with any team and then he can leave if we don't match. So I would I would either match or get him a long-term deal and trade CJ, try to get some assets. Now, what are the assets that you're saying? I don't know. That's the part I don't know. Like, I know we need a, a legit power forward. I love Covington. I don't love him at power forward. I would like to see uh, Rocco move over to the small forward spot, give us a little bigger front court. Maybe Zach Collins, maybe Zach Collins finally gets healthy. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I've been waiting on Zach Collins to be 
a breakout star for three years. Like, Demain's still getting on me because I said when Zach Collins was drafted, I said he's going to end up being the best player in the draft. Like, I know I was wild. I know I was wilding on that one, but I still think he has some potential. Now, best player in the draft? No, no, we're past that. We're, I don't think it's happening. But maybe a serviceable power forward. Maybe a center. I don't know, man. But we got to do something. I think he's a free agent. And I don't even know what he's worth. So this roster's in flux, man. Melo, shout out to Melo. I love Melo. I love what he's done for the city. Revived his career, image, everything. We got to let Melo go. Melo's got to go too. Uh, the isolation basketball, I just don't. It's not my thing. The defense is terrible. Melo and Canner can't be on the court together. Canner got to go too. I'm sorry. This is this is like a garage sale right now. Everybody can go. Canner got to go. Canner was unplayable in the playoffs. In that Denver series, he could not even get on the floor towards the end. He was just not good enough. Not defensively. Now he can score, but the problem with Canner, and this has always been my problem with him, like if Canner can't bully you, he's not effective even on offense. Like he's great when he plays centers that he can bully. Cause he's just he's got the footwork and all that. Which side note for somebody who has such great footwork offensively, why is his footwork so trash on defense? I've always wondered that. Probably never gonna get an answer, but he's gotta go. He's gotta go. If you can't bully the, these guys, he's not really he doesn't really do anything. So like I'm good on that. I'm good on that. Let's let's shore up the, the center and power forward positions. Now the thing is, like I said, if you trade CJ, you gotta get a good power forward to slide in there next to either Nurk or whoever. And I, honestly, I'm cool with trading Nurk. I know, I don't think Nurk wants to beat her anymore. I don't think he likes the way he's used. My issue with Nurk is, for somebody who's so big and can be so dominant, he just plays a little too softer on the basket. He throws up a lot of BS. He doesn't finish with power. I just got so many issues with the way Nurk plays. Great passer, though. Great passer. Uh, when he's hustling, he's a great defender. But it's just inconsistency. So I think we need more consistency at center and power forward. So I'm cool with trading Nurk. And he's in the last year of his deal. So this is probably the best time to get something for him. He's young. He's like 26. Only like 11, 12 million left on the deal. I'd trade Nurk too. Honestly, just rebuild this whole roster around Lillard. Um, I hope we can develop these young guys. That was my, my main issue with Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts. For as long as he was a Blazers coach, outside of McCollum and Lillard, never really developed any young players. Like you saw Will Barton never got minutes, ended up going to Denver and flourishing. So, And then we had Nazir Little stuck to the bench this year. Um, Anthony Simons up and down. He might be able to go too. Honestly, I might be able to, we might be good with getting rid of him too. Uh, we had the, the dude, the uh, CJ Ellaby. I'm really high on him. He didn't really get much tick. So, yeah, I hope we get a coach who can develop our players because Stotts, that was my main criticism, not developing players. His offensive system was very basic. Um, I felt like I know all the plays in that that they run. The defense was atrocious. So I'm not surprised that he got let go. And hopefully we can get a better coach. And now, okay, before I end the topic, let me talk about the, the candidates. So Jason Kidd was a candidate early on. Lillard said he wanted him. Jason Kidd backed out. He said he wasn't interested in the job. They made it seem like he did it because he didn't want to, like, cause tension or something or make 
everybody think Lillard is the reason he got the job. I'm gonna give y'all the real deal. Portland inside scoop because I'm very tucked in. I'm very informed with Blazer news in Portland. I just know how Portland is as a city. It's a very left liberal city. That's important to know. Very important to know. So the reason I believe Jason Kidd stepped down from or did not want to be part of coaching search, Jason's kid's history of domestic abuse allegations. Uh, I think he has some sexual abuse. No, no, no. He has domestic abuse allegations and drunk driving. Don't know if he has sexual abuse allegations. I know Chauncey Billups does. I'll get to that in a minute. So Jason Kidd, if you know anything about Portland, like I said, it's a left-wing city. They're liberal, so they're not going for any of that. Like, this is me too place. Like, they're not, they're not with any of that stuff. So with Kidd, once they found out all his, like, baggage and history, they were like, we don't want him. Like, the fan base, it was starting to, like, come out. Like, the fan base was like, no, we don't want Jason Kidd. So I think he knew about that, and he didn't want to deal with that drama. So I think he took himself out of the ring for that. Uh, Chauncey Billups, as I said before, that's the guy I want as the uh, coach. I want either Chauncey Billups or Becky Hammond. I think Becky Hammond will be great for Portland. That would be the first woman coach in NBA history, which is, you can't get more Portland than that, bro. Portland, like I said, Portland would embrace her like no other coach that I've ever embraced. That would be, to me, Chauncey's probably the number one pick. I would go Becky second. I know people were talking about Mike D'Antoni, keep him as far away from my team as possible. He doesn't uh, coach defense. His system, yes, it's offense, but we, we have offense. We don't need offense. We need defense. I don't want D'Antoni. He's already did the Houston, too. Like, playing with, like, six, eight centers. Like, bro, we're not doing that. We're not going back to the small ball stuff. I already told you, I don't want a three-guard lineup starting. So, please, Portland, do not hire Mike D'Antoni. Now, Becky Hammond, I'm solid with. I like that pick. That'd be great. If not, Chauncey's a great pick, too. But, like I said, Chauncey got a little baggage. I didn't even know this. Chauncey had a rape allegation against him back in, like, the 90s when he was on the Celtics. Um, he was never charged. I think he settled with the accuser. But Portland knows, the, the fans know about that history. So now they're like, we don't want Chauncey. But I, to me, if, I'm not going to say I don't want Chauncey based off an accusation. You know me, I don't, I don't go with accusations. I need to see something. I need to see, like, that you've done the crime. <clears throat> Even with, like, the Charlemagne thing, which, let's just go to that for a second, like, Kwame Brown, first of all, Kwame Brown has been killing everybody for like the last few weeks, but he's been going so hard at Charlemagne. Uh, he started off with Stephen A. Smith and Matt Barnes and, and uh, Stephen Jackson, but somehow it's all Charlemagne now because Charlemagne says something about Kwame's family, which ugh, I'm not getting into all that, but Kwame's been going hard at Charlemagne over the rape allegation that Charlemagne had back in like 2000 or 2001. So I've been seeing a lot of people debating this. I've watched videos about it. I've, there's a surviving Charlemagne video I watched on YouTube that's very informative. And all I can say from what everything I've watched is, one, there's not enough evidence to really say he did it or didn't do it. That part, like, I don't think there's enough evidence to say he committed the rape. Now, if you're going by the victim's word, that's what she's saying. Charlemagne said he didn't. The evidence, like, this is the problem. Like, her mom, when, when she was younger, 
her mom did not let her testify. Um, her mom didn't let him go through with all the, the things. Like, I don't know if they had the rape kit. I'm, I'm still unsure about the whole rape kit thing. But from everything I've heard, either Charlemagne's DNA was not found on her or it was never tested for the DNA. That part is still a little murky. I don't know the facts. But either way, there was not an, there's no DNA evidence to say he did it. Now, what Charlemagne did do and what he is guilty of is giving her alcohol. And she was like 15 at the time. He said he was 19. But like I found out from watching like more of these videos that he was actually like 22. So giving alcohol to a minor, he's guilty of that. Hanging out with a minor. Like when you're 22, I don't know, bro. I'm not, I don't think I'm not hanging with no 15 year old. Like that part is a little suspect too, but you can't really prove that he did it. That's the part. So the smear campaign that's going on against him now, like to me, that's the reason he hasn't been fired. That's the reason they haven't really been able to cancel him because there's not enough proof that he committed the rape, the alcohol, the underage stuff. Yes. Which Charlemagne, if you're listening, you probably should never talk about R Kelly again. I'm just saying like you, you can't throw stone. What does it say? You can't throw stones at the glass house or, if, if you've been doing, if you've been accused or caught doing the same stuff, you probably got to fall back. That's all I'm saying. But like I said, just relating that to Chauncey, he settled with the woman and there was never any um, evidence uh, that he did it. So I, I'm not going to hold that against him. Like sometimes people settle just because they don't want to go to court, like lawyer fees and all the money it's going to cost to fight it in court. And your reputation's even tarnished more like, you're spending millions just to clear your name and then people think you still did it. So sometimes it's just easier just to settle. And you gotta you gotta look. The the woman did settle with him too. She agreed to the settlement. So she didn't fight it in court either. So to me, when there's a settlement like that and it's not fought in court, and we're not really getting a resolution, it's kind of a wash. Like I can't say either way. I kind of just gotta even. It's even. Like you guys both go your separate ways, and it is what it is, but I'm not going to say you're guilty. Not going to say you're guilty. Um, I want to talk about before I get off. Okay. A couple more things. I'll talk about stocks to close it out. But uh, while I'm on basketball, let's, let's talk a little more basketball. Cause I haven't talked sports in a while. Kawhi Leonard, this knee injury, apparently he's out for like the series with a knee injury. And they're saying probably the whole playoffs. And I'm hearing reports. Now they haven't been confirmed. I'm hearing reports that he he did something like he hurt his ACL. Now, if this is a tear, this is big. This is not only big for like the 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 Clippers, but I think this might be big for Kawhi's future. Like he's already had knee issues. That's why he's been doing the whole load management thing where people didn't even believe him. But now y'all see, like he barely touched knees with uh Joe Ingles, and they're saying that. Something with the ACL. I don't know if it's torn. I don't know. What, I don't know if you can even sprain. I don't know what it is, but they are saying it's possibly an ACL injury. And we know how Kawhi is with these doctors, bro. Like when Kawhi get hurt, he starts he stopped trusting people. So will that relationship with the Clippers doctors be strained? To me, that's an important question to ask because Kawhi can opt out of his deal this summer. He can be he can become a free agent. So. Um, if it's a torn ACL, I mean, you got to assume he's going to miss most of next season and knowing Kawhi, he might miss the whole season. Cause <laughs> if there's one person who ain't coming back early from an injury, it's Kawhi Leonard. So Kawhi going to miss however long he need to miss. But 
I'm more interested into the the, uh, the dynamics that between him and the uh, the Clippers, the team. Like, does he feel comfortable coming back and playing for them after that? If if it is an ACL injury, because you know Ty Lue kept him in that game when they were up. He probably didn't even need to be on the court. I mean, their lead was dwindling a little bit, but it was still a good lead, like at least ten, I believe. Like he didn't need to stay in that game. So I want to watch the dynamics of all that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on that. Chris Paul. He's not injured, but he is in the health and safety protocol. They're saying he, I guess, tested positive for COVID. Now, the wild part about Chris Paul is he had the vaccine. So he had the vaccine. He, he still tested positive for COVID, which they said you can you can still get it. I knew that when I got the vaccine. But I guess what they're saying is like you're not, the effects are not the same. You're not like probably having those coughs and sore throat you're not dealing with the same issues that you know or the breathing that might put you in a hospital so it's not it's not as bad as if you don't have the vaccine so i'm not i don't know i've seen a lot of people like oh chris paul is he all right i'm honestly not too worried i think chris paul maybe misses one game if they have to play on sunday might not be back in time but if it's the monday or whatever the tuesday whatever that second game is or no if it starts later because if the Clippers go to game seven with the Jazz, it'll start later. So if it does that, I think Chris Paul comes back and plays all the series, the whole series. But I don't think, I haven't. I mean, we haven't heard much from Chris Paul, but just from what I've heard about the vaccine and the effects, I'm, I'm going to say he might not be that affected. And it's interesting that he tested positive, but... Nobody else on the team, the training staff, fans, like nobody else got this but him. Like, I didn't know who he was around for him to get it and nobody else got it. That's to me, that's a little weird. But you know, I'm, I'm not Chris Paul, I'm not there. Shout out to Kevin Durant. Carried the Nets the other night, 49 points. I think he had like 17 rebounds, 10 assists. It was a wild stat line, man. Dropped a triple double, bro, and then torched these guys. So the Nets are one win away from the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And, I mean, they pretty much did it without James Harden. He made, like, one shot. Kyrie, we don't know when he's coming back. He has a hurt ankle, sprained ankle. Not sure if it's a high sprain or what. They haven't really specified that. They're very secretive with the Kyrie injury, which not even surprised. It's Kyrie. You know, he's not a he's not going to give you too much information. So I'm not surprised by that. But going to be interesting to see if the Nets can close it out tonight. I believe the game is tonight. So see what happens there. I will say, uh, Giannis, Giannis, you got to guard KD, bro. KD dropping 50 on your team and you letting PJ Tucker guard him the whole game. You got to guard KD. Like, what is he defensive player of the year? Or he was in the running. I don't even know. I think he won the award or some BS. Like, bro, give that award back. If you ain't going to guard KD, how is he not like, I know he's gotten cooked a couple times in the highlights I've seen, but I don't understand how Giannis is not guarding KD in that situation. And the crazy thing is, when I watch him on TV, and I've been saying this to myself, like, Giannis, like, towers over KD. Like, he looks bigger and taller than KD. It's wild, because I always thought KD was, like, super tall, which he is, but Giannis still looks a lot taller than him for some reason. So you got to guard him, man. You can hang with him, like, laterally. You can probably block the shot. Like, why? What is Budenholzer doing there? I, I'd be shocked if Giannis isn't on KD most of the night. Um, in this upcoming game. Um, my predictions. Oh, Sixers. Sixers. My goodness, man. Two games in a row, the Sixers have blown fourth quarter leads that were double digits. 
Let me tell you, somebody who used to live in Philly, you don't want to be in Philly the day after like something like this. That city is going to be on fire. And Philly's one of those rare places where they don't really give a fuck about national media. It's all about local media. So those local radio stations are going to be on fire in Philly today. Shout out to my, my, uh, shout out to my guy, John Marks. It's my boy from Temple. He's on uh, WIP up in Philly. Very successful radio station. I've had him on my podcast before. You've heard him on a throwback episode. Man, I know he's probably going crazy on his radio show. So shout out to him. Uh, my series predictions for all of these. I think the Jazz will win in seven. I honestly don't want to see the Clippers without Kawhi, so I hope they don't go much further. So I'm just going to root for the Jazz. I think the Suns got this. Suns got this. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm stupid. The Suns already got it. They swept Denver. I'm thinking of uh, the Jazz. So the Jazz, I think they'll go play the Suns. Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn should close it out. The way KD's playing, I feel like Harden's going to have a better game tonight than he did in the last game. So I think Brooklyn closes that out. And I'm going to say Atlanta over Philly. I think Philly's mentally, I don't know if they can recover from those two blow, blown leads. Now, Doc, if there's a coach that can get him back in there, get their minds right, it's Doc Rivers. But I'm going to go to Atlanta. So I got Atlanta and Brooklyn in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, which, bro, Brooklyn might sweep Atlanta. I know Atlanta's good. Uh, shot to Nate McMillan, former Blazers coach who's doing really good in Atlanta. Atlanta, y'all need to sign that man to an extension, but. I like, I like Brooklyn to sweep them if they play them. And then uh, I think Phoenix, I like Phoenix over Utah or the Clippers. So I like Phoenix going to the finals versus Brooklyn. That's what I'm going to say for now. And before I get out, uh, let me talk about some stocks. Oh, I have a question though. I've been noticing this lately on these dating apps. As, you, as I've said before, I'm getting off all my dating apps by next week. So... I, I, before I get off, I just want to say, um, especially this is on Bumble. Why are there so many Geminis on dating sites? Now, look, this is no shots at the Gemini. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all. Like, I got a lot of Gemini friends. Uh, shout out to my boy, Mike. He's like the most non-Gemini I know. Like, he doesn't even act like a Gemini. So, I'm not even going to count you in this, Mike. But I'm just seeing. But I'm just telling y'all what I'm, what I'm seeing. There's a lot of Geminis on these dating apps. Especially Bumble, because it tells you the sign of the person. And it's always a Gemini. Ain't gonna lie, I swipe left on Geminis a lot. I just feel like Geminis, y'all, I don't know, man. I feel like y'all come with a lot of drama. I feel like there's a reason <laughs> that Geminis are on these dating apps. That I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm on there too. I'm on there too, so I can't, you know, I can't throw stones at the glass house. But I'm just saying, I feel like there's a reason that y'all are on there, right? Are y'all fucking these relationships up? That's what I need to know. Shout out to all my Geminis out there, man. Like, y'all hit me up. The two personalities. Are y'all hitting these, with these people with the two personalities and they just don't know which side they're getting? I need to know why y'all on these dating apps. Why are y'all single? So if you a Gemini, reach out to me, man. Let me know what's going on. Am I tripping or, or, or a lot of Gemini single? And I, like I said, I mean this uh, respectfully. That's the new term you say when, you, um, when you're not throwing shots. Even though I kind of am, but respectfully, I just want to know why you guys are on all these dating sites. All right, before I go, let's close it out with a little bit of stock talk. 
I ain't going to keep y'all too long. I just want to give you a little update on everything that's going on. So, basically, I bought all my stocks for now. For the foreseeable future. Except for um, two things I'm waiting for. There's a company uh, called uh, NVIDIA. Or NVIDIA. NVIDIA. I'm waiting for NVIDIA to do a stock split. I have gotten the word that NVIDIA's stock split is coming on, um, I think it's July 19th or July 20th. One of those days. You can Google it. So basically, their stock is like 700 bucks right now. It's something crazy. Uh, I'll give you the ticker name too. NVIDIA stock. Well, let's, let me see. Let me see. Let me, let me, let me Google this. Let me give you the right name. So, wow. Oh, also about the stock, bro. They're, they're up this week. They're up today. The stocks have been having a rough week. Like early in the week, all these stocks were down. I'm looking now, man. Nvidia's at $748.92 a share. My goodness, that's high. So basically, what's going to happen in July 19th is that $748, if it holds or whatever their price is, will be split into four. So you can divide that by four, and that'll make up four shares of Nvidia stock at a cheaper price. So I'm waiting for the split. Cause I'm not paying 700 for a stock. I'm waiting for the split. When the split comes, I'm gonna come back. I'm probably buy like two shares, get it for, you know, a hundred or a couple hundred. And then I'm gonna hold it for like 10 years. So that'll go up. Hopefully it can get back up to the 700 price. So I encourage everybody check out the Nvidia split when it happens. Um, Nvidia, if you want to look them up, their ticker symbol is NVDA. They make, um, Chips. Now I'm not talking about uh potato chips. They make chips that are like cars and all that crap that, that go in computer, like the computer chip thing. Cause that's a big thing. Like the chip thing is big right now. Everybody's up on these chips. So check out NVIDIA. I'm waiting for them for the split and I'm gonna come back and buy them. And like I told you last week, I'm waiting for Databricks to go public. Still haven't heard a date on that, but I've made a Google alert. So whenever news comes out about that, it does. But other than those two stocks, I'm chilling. I'm not really buying any more stocks for the rest of the year. I've been, I've spent a good amount of money on stocks. So I'm just going to chill out for a little bit, but I'm going to tell y'all what my, um, what my movements have been like this week. I've bought ETFs. I, I, I went a little heavy on the ETFs yesterday and I, I want to break down ETFs to you guys too. Cause I feel like I didn't do a good enough job of that last week. So I'll break down ETFs to you and then I'll kind of tell you what ETFs I've I ended up getting, and I, I'll tell you why, and I'll do all that, and then that's that's how we'll close it out. But I bought ETFs. So basically what ETFs are, like I told you last week, they're exchange-traded funds. And I was reading about them for so long, and I never really understood. And I finally read an article this week that kind of explained it in my language because for me, I don't know. I feel like I see things differently, and I understand things differently. So some things, the way they talk in the stock language, it doesn't always make sense to me. And my goal with all this is to make this stuff make sense to you, to you guys, the way I explain it. So I just want to try to make this stuff digestible, man. That's, that's, that's really my goal here with it. So I'm going to tell you all what I bought and I'm kind of explaining to you. Oh, I'm sorry. ETS. <laughs> Let me get back to that. So the exchange traded funds, basically what ETF is. And think about it. It's like there are a lot of stocks out there. So what ETFs do is basically it's a collection of like companies. 
stock companies. And instead of you owning the actual stock in the company, you own a collection of a, of the stock of the ETF, which is the collection of the company. So take for, for instance, there's one called VOO, which is, um, that's Vanguard's Vanguard's total. I think S and P let me, let me look it up. Let me get y'all the right one. So the VOO is Vanguard, uh, 500 index fund ETF. So what that does is that is like the total, I guess the top, uh, let me make sure I read it, uh, saying it correctly, but it's supposedly like the top of the stocks that are in the, uh, S and P 500. So all the like top performing ones, it's like a little bit of those. And this stock is a good one because it's pretty much gone up every year. So ETFs, if you get one like that, that's tied to a company or a whole bunch of companies that are good, you're probably going to see a good return on it. Like just to give you an idea, it opened September 10th, 2010 at $101.78 a share. Now it is up to $387.89 a share. So it's, it's, go, it's gone up gradually. I mean, it's dropped a little bit over time, but it goes back up. Because if the market's doing well, it's going to do well. It's tied to like the top stocks in the market. So that's kind of what ETFs are. It's a collection of stuff. And instead of you losing, like if one stock does bad, it's not going to really hurt you as much because you have so many other stocks that it's tied to. So it's a safer thing than just buying a one stock outright. But you might not see as much as a return on an ETF as you will on one stock. Or you might have to spend a lot. Like, like I said, this one was... 100 now it's up to 300 almost 400 bucks so it's a little pricey but if you put some if you buy like one share of that i would think you could probably double that in 10 years maybe maybe but what i've what i'm doing right now and this is kind of my uh strategy that i want to teach people because i'm changing strategies like every day as i go i'm learning new things i'm sorry this is the way i want to do it this is the way i'll do it so i've been buying like etfs i got um in the beginning, I bought some like the IDV and the VYMI, the ones I told y'all about. But this week, I focused more on like ETFs and stocks that have high dividends. Because to me, that's like guaranteed money for the most part. Like there are chances that they might not pay the dividend. But for the most part, like if you look at the history of the company, you see that they've been paying it consistently. Those are good ones to have. So for me, I found a great article on, um, I believe it was like Yahoo yesterday with the highest dividend yield. The stocks with the highest dividend yields, or these are like ETFs, I guess. So I found all the articles on here were over. I mean, all the uh, stocks that they told you to get were all over a uh, 10% yield, which means you're getting at least 10% um, each year of whatever that stock costs back in money to you. So like I said, if you have Robinhood, you can't, you can't buy ETFs on there. I don't know why they don't have it, but. Robinhood doesn't do ETFs. So if you ever want to do ETFs, you got to get something like Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard. I think, um, what's the other one? Um, there was another one I tried to get, but they told me no, cause they wouldn't like link to my bank account and I forgot what they were, but Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard are the tops. But the thing about ETFs that I like, like I said, is the, um, the dividend yield. So, <clears throat> I bought one yesterday called GLV. I think I bought it at 
11 bucks. It's about 10.98 now. So that the dividend yield though is like over 10% on this. It's like I think like 14%. Something nice. Something nice. So it's over a dollar you're getting back every year. So my thinking with this is like if you buy this stock, let's just do the math for a minute. You buy this stock, you hold on to it for like 10 years. Or this ETF, I'm sorry. You buy this ETF, you hold on to it for like 10 years. In 10 years, with the dividend payouts, you've already made the money back that you paid for the, for the ETF. Plus, you still have your ETF in there. So you've pretty much doubled. Pretty much doubled your, your money. Then you can just let it sit. You don't even have to take it after 10. You can just let it sit and keep making you money. Like this is dividend money is going to pay you out. But you've at least made the money back that you invested in that stock. So that's kind of like my way of thinking now with ETFs like that, that are only like 10 bucks, but they have a high yield. Another one I got was CLM. I got CLM. What did I pay for CLM? I think I paid like 11 for CLM. It's up to 11.26. But the thing with these ETFs, the price is not really big because the high dividend yield ETFs that pay out a high percentage of dividends they're not going to really go up or down too much over the years. Like maybe a dollar or two, maybe, but you're not going to see a lot of like change in that. So you don't buy these ETFs with the hope of the stock blowing up and you making money off the stock. You make money off these dividends. So that's why I'm focused on these because it's just safe. You're not going to buy You're really probably not going to lose anything off of this. At the very worst, you're probably breaking even if you hold it for 10 years and that's if your stock just crashes, but you make all the money off the dividends. But I think the stocks will hold. So you're probably doubling your money in 10 years and making the money back, like I said. So CLM, GLV, um, GOF is another one I bought. That was uh, $21, I think I paid for that one. That dividend yield is above 10% too. So all of those are paying good dividends, man. If you're, if you're conservative with your stocks and you don't want to like take a lot of risk, ETFs to me are the way to go. Cause it's like kind of like having a, a bond or like a mutual fund, something like that, but with less fees, uh, with a bond, basically when a, when you buy a bond, all you do is it's like, you're lending your money to the government or another company and they're paying you back interest for you letting them lend your money. So I look at ETFs like that too. Like I'm buying this ETF. And you're going to pay me for me to hold the ETF. It just, it's free money. And the way you could think about it is like, say you put a thousand dollars in your bank account, in your savings account, you leave a thousand dollars in your savings account for 10 years. The interest you make on that, maybe $10. I don't even think it's 10. I think it's like five. You're probably making like $5 in interest in 10 years of having $1,000 sitting in your bank account. Now, the thing about it, having your bank account that's good is like you have access to it. So yeah, you can get that 1000 whenever you need it. But with these stocks and these ETFs, I mean, you have access. The only thing I would caution everybody on is if you take money out before a year, you're going to pay what's called a capital gains tax. And that's pretty much, it's a higher tax than you're going to pay if you normally would just take out a stock after a year. And I think the reason they do that is just to prevent people from gaming the system. Like they don't want you like these GameStop, these meme stocks, they call them like GameStop, AMC, these stocks that shoot up in like a month and people make mad money off of it. They're not letting you just walk out with that money. Like ain't no ran off on the plug twice over here. They're going to tax you 
more than it would if you held that stock for a year. Cause they don't want y'all doing that all the time. Like there's, you know, they're, they're trying to prevent you from getting a lot of money off of them in a short amount of time. So you pay that capital gains tax, which I don't, I'm still not sure how much that tax is. Somebody told me it depends on your tax bracket. Somebody else told me it could be like 50%. I don't know. All I know is it's more than your regular um, stock tax. So be, be aware, be wary of that. Like if you guys try to come up off of something, man, like just, just know you're going to get taxed on it. Oh, 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 this is big. I'm looking at my stocks. I just saw something. Okay, this is big. I got to tell you guys this right now. Trade desk. The trade desk that when I told y'all about, bro, they did a 10 for one split. This is insane. I didn't know the split was coming today. Trade desk did a 10 for one split. So what that means is I had two shares of, of trade desk that were like, $621.50 a piece, all right? So if you would have bought a share of that, it would have cost you $621.50 for a share of Trade Desk. With the 10 for one split, Trade Desk is now $62.15 a share. That is huge. I didn't even know the split. I knew they were going to do a split. I didn't know if it was coming today. So now I have 20 shares of trade stock and this stock is going to go up. This is the one I'm like really confident in that's going to go up. I would encourage everybody. I'm not going to tell you to buy trade desk, but I'm going to, I'm going to suggest you do some research. I'm going to suggest you look into it. Uh, that split. That's a good deal. It's a really good deal. That's kind of what I'm waiting for for NVIDIA. Like when NVIDIA splits, those stock prices go down. You catch it because it's they want to make it more affordable. But I think it's going to go back up. I think TTD is going back up. So TTD is the ticker for Trade Desk. And that's going to go back up. So I would definitely try to catch at least one share at that split. But man, wow. I didn't even know that. I just looked in my, I'm looking at my stuff right now. And I saw that. I'm like, whoa. Was not expecting to see a Trade Desk split. Um, another stock I got that has a high dividend is FSK. FSK over 10%. So that's another one you can look at if you're looking for high dividends. Oh, this one hurts right now. These stocks are low. Um, NLY, the one I was pretty high on last week, I told you guys about, I bought it at 940. It's down to 906. High, high dividends though. Eight or 9%. But everything's low right now, man, except for uh, AMD I bought. I finally got my AMD, and that went up today, so I'm happy I got that one. I bought AT&T stock, too. I bought a two shares of that because they. the thing about AT&T is the 7% dividend yield, so you're going to get 7% off of the 28.88 it's at right now or whatever the price is. But AT&T's dividend is like, they say it's like one of the most consistent in the business. Like, it doesn't really go up or down like it stays around that seven percent so for some stability i bought some of that just to you know i like to spread out the the different types of stocks i'm getting bought some nokia stock um i think nokia might make a little bit of a comeback i don't know i've been hearing some stuff about nokia i bought a stock called slno it's a therapeutics one it's a penny stock so i bought a lot of that it was like a dollar and eight cents 
I think I bought it for 109. And then um what was the other one? Oh, the weed stocks are down. Weed stocks are down. I'm not I'm not like tripping though. I feel like weed and gold, which is two stocks I have, um, two things I have stocks in, those are gonna take some time to rebound or to make some money. So those are ones I'm gonna hold on for at least at least a couple years and see what they do. If I need to sell after that, I'll sell, but I feel like the weed is gonna bounce back. But for the most part, my stocks are down today. And this is the thing, man. I'm probably not going to talk a whole lot of stocks for a while because I am not like, I gotta, um, I don't want to like think about this stuff because it can be a little bit like stressful. If you like look at it every day and you go like freak out over the prices. So I would say my advice for most people, like when you buy stocks, don't even think about it, man. Just buy it. Especially if you're not going to put no more money into it for a while, just buy it and forget it. Just, Come back in like a month, check it. Come back another month, check it. But you don't want to, you don't want to keep looking at it and freaking out. But in closing, I will say that TTD split, I, I'm very happy about that. Very happy about that. I don't know if I have anything else to say about um, stocks and ETFs. Let me look at my notes real quick. <laughs> oh, dividends. So my plan, my plan in 2022 going forward with uh etfs i want to i have like um a lot of the dividend ones now so i think next year for etfs i'm gonna focus on the like s&p ones the ones that are connected to like big companies that will do good over time and i might buy some more dividend ones but i'm gonna i'm gonna diversify the etfs a little bit and with all the dividends i will get from um the stuff i already have i'm gonna reinvest I'm going to reinvest those dividends into other stocks and buy more stocks. And I think that's the way to go when you're doing dividend stocks. When you get that money, don't just cash it out, like reinvest it and try to grow it some more, you know, because if you cash it out, yeah, you can get the money back and put it in your pocket. But if you reinvest it and double it again, that's when you start building wealth. That's kind of the the mindset you got to have if you really want to be um successful in this stock market game and since i'm gonna take like a little bit of break from investing i'm just gonna keep reading i've been started reading the uh intelligent investor book that i bought and i'm learning some different things some strategies that i might be able to uh to put in there i will say don't invest all your money into stocks because it can be addicting like you might Buy all the stocks up that you had your money allocated for. And then a new stock comes that you like. And you're like, oh, I got to put more money in. Next thing you know, your bank account is drained. So be careful about what you invest and how much you invest into stocks. I would say, I would say you want to probably leave at least 50% of your money back in your bank account, in your savings account, just in case. You don't want to put all your money, even like the IRA. Put some money in there, but don't put... Don't drain your savings. You always need some money in your savings just in case you lose your job. Uh, you need to pay your mortgage. Like you're down on bills. Like leave some money in savings just for BS because there's always BS that comes in life. So be prepared for that. I told y'all about the capital gains tax. So be aware of that if you pull stocks out early. And I would just like try to keep your stocks for at least a year. I've seen people cash out on stocks early and then they go up a lot. To me, 
a year, like less than a year is not enough time to know what a stock will do. So I would, I would hold on to it for at least a year, see what the trends are of that stock, then make a decision. Some of them you're going to need at least a few years. Like, like I said, the weed stocks, I don't think I'm going to see anything beneficial on these weed stocks on the gold stocks for a while. So I'm just staying patient with those. Shout out to Courtney. He told me he doesn't believe in true leave. He said their, their weed is not good. And I believe him. I mean, I don't smoke, but I be, if you tell me their weed is Reggie, I believe it's Reggie. Shout out to Reggie too. It's my boy. But um, the thing I like about true leave is just their dominance in Florida. Whether the product is good or not, like true leave is building out like they they got so many dispensaries in florida and they're on the medical stuff maybe they get better weed maybe the weed improves over time i don't know but i know they're moving into pennsylvania they're moving into arizona so that company i think long term is a strong company like i think they're gonna grow so i'm 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 okay with my true leaf stock i'm okay i mean it's down right now but i'm okay i'm not mad about it like i said trade desk please look into that one because that split's a big deal. I think that price will eventually go up. So check that out. I'm about to end this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I think what I'm going to do is I've been telling y'all that I like the uh, Peter Rosenberg album. I'm going to play another song off that album. I'm going to play another one because that is a really, really good album. So this time I'm going to play the song with Styles P. Ransom and Smoke Dizza. This one's called SRD because it's um, Styles, Ransom, and Dizza. But he said it was also the initials of his um, ex-wife's brother-in-law who had passed away. So for Rosenberg, it just had a little bit of meaning. And it's a good song. Like, they're all rapping on it. Ransom had a really good verse. Styles P had a good verse, too. Dizza came through with it. So play this. This is SRD. This is Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. Uh, we'll come back with another episode. I'm not even going to tell y'all when I'm coming back. Just wait for it. Yeah, I'm cool, but I'm petty as fuck. I'm the type to beat his ass when he said it's enough. Roll a J, take a puff. Underground, but I'm over the top. Enough's enough now. Fuck the pigs, over the slop. I'm like Stallone with the hat back, over the top. But I don't arm wrestle. I add a bomb wrestle. I'm a new when I'm in the booth. I'm a bronze vessel. Have you seen a brown mutant? I can look in the mirror in the pitch black dark. See it versus shine through it. I can kill an industry. I put my mind to it. I can look at the sun and see it rhyme to it. And the moon to know why I'm aligned to it. Yeah. It's the ghost of Peter Rosenberg. You get your millimeter if you know the word. You better light a joint if you know the time. If you ever seen a Jedi, then you know the signs. Yeah, but what happens when both our souls align? A soldier's prime is often wasted on war. Never forget it, there's no credit for older rappers whose flows decline. Niggas walk a tightrope but never get told a line. I'm so refined that niggas who watch me could never know the time. So sublime, my vivid verses console a blind. Yes. Hot-headed niggas spitting the coldest rhymes. Drop dead and niggas figure they know the crime. Control your mind with torturous imagery. There's no synergy. I cynically destroy all lyrically without sympathy. This meant for me. I was placed here to be a messiah. Born in fire, raising hell like a note that's raised by Mariah. My vocals came with desire. I know you feel my energy. You think you lost a friend, but in fact you're gaining an enemy. Put my pain in this mentally. The only way I know to do it. 
You don't need to know me, my nigga, just know the music This one thing got me tripping, Anne-Marie This high level's not eye level, you can't critique Packs and pearls, lemon cherry from Canatique Kicks from Joe Fresh Goods, I'm released Let's make this quick, I had to go bust a sale Watch gold mines crumble, niggas fumbled and fell Check the weight on your own time, it's too much to scale Appraisal for the peace worth four years in Yale Kush God, all hell or real They talk tall tales, hope all is well for real The spot is hot, I had to keep off it Switch the operation up, hit different resources My people bagging up, dog, he said he feel nauseous Half-ass too, Fenty got a trippin' in the hazmat suit Be careful with it, cause you really have to Or to be your last move